Welcome to the Middle Class to Millionaires podcast, a no-nonsense show designed to help you punch fear in the face and create the life you've always dreamed of. Now, here are your hosts, Vince and Christian. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Middle Class to Millionaires. Uh, As we say almost every episode, it's been a few months. (laughs) So uh, hope y'all are doing well. We are uh, ready to bring you uh, hopefully a short episode today on some content for 2022, some stuff to hopefully motivate you and get you uh, into the mindset to uh, crush 2022. Uh, I am joined by my fellow co-host, Christian. How are we doing today, sir? Good. How's everyone doing today? It's a lovely day to be alive. It is. It's a it's a warm 52 degrees outside today. I, I, I enjoy it. There's no wind chill, so it's not too bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad after uh, walking out of the 6,000 degree sauna that you forced me to go into today. It's good for you. That's what you say. What are we talking about today? We're going to go back to the basics. I know a lot of times we discuss uh, some, I guess you could call it kind of advanced things, but we're going to go back to the basics. We're going to be... Uh, you know, hopefully this episode helps you soak up this this uh, material for the next month and then come January, buy your first piece of real estate or, you know, get started doing something. So kind of the purpose of this podcast, we'll discuss some basic loan products, some basic ways to get started in the real estate and uh, hopefully get, get you on the ground running. Sweet. Hey, before we do that, this is uh, not planned, but I think we need to celebrate some wins. Are you comfortable sharing what you shared on Facebook about a month ago? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so the reason why I say that, this podcast is called Middle Class to Millionaires. We started this, what, maybe two years ago? We started Airbnb together about two years ago, and I think we started the podcast maybe a month or two after that. We started uh, airbnb uh basically January of 2020, so... Yeah. And so the whole, you know, the, the title of this, the podcast is middle class to millionaires because, you know, we're trying to get from middle class to millionaires and not for the sake of money. We've talked about our why in our early episodes. You can go back to that. I won't go into that, but I want to celebrate Christian today because this dude is crushing it. Uh, absolutely crushing it. I was telling someone the other day about when we, when you and I did our first flip together, you know, you had just, you were just getting started and uh, you wanted to flip a house and I brought one to you and then, you know, we did it. We didn't make a whole lot, but we, we did it. And yeah. now you uh, your net worth is like twice mine. So tell us tell us about that real quick and then, and then we can get back into the episode. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so this yeah, this uh, year, probably I don't know. I, I mean, it, net worth is, is pretty liquid, you know, so it, it does change here and there. But uh, this this year was the first to hit. I think like 1.4 uh, million in net worth. Um, pretty much, you know, asset rich and income poor, as they say. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, and honestly, to be honest with you, like nothing really changed. I mean, I'm not, I'm not out here wearing Gucci and. Um, no, you just you're still wearing that black shirt you always wear, <laughs> and that's. Let me. I want to talk about that too, because you know, there's sometimes when when people become wealthy. Even though, you know, you said you're asset rich and cash poor or whatever you said, some people tend to change when they become wealthy. What I like about you is nothing has changed. You know, you're still the same dude. You're still humble. You still drive the same truck. You don't even have a sports car anymore. 
Uh, not yet, but you don't have one right now. You know, you're wearing a black shirt. Like, yeah, me and you kind of do the same thing. My wife hates it. I wear the same thing all the time. I actually just bought two new shirts, which is probably the most I've spent on myself in like two years. Well, now, now you just happen to catch me wearing the same black shirt. I do have, I, I, I do like clothes and I do, I definitely use, <laughs> I, I probably have like 10 pairs of shoes or so, but they're not like, you know, I, I, I'm not dropping three, $400 on shoes. Um, so sir, just to correct you. Oh, I, I know. I know. I've seen, I've seen the new shoes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got the new kicks, you know, I got to stay fresh. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, uh, to, uh, to your point, um, yeah, I mean, honest, like not a whole lot changed. I was still living at the same house at the time that I did a year and a half before that. You know, it, it was cool, like once I hit it, but but nothing nothing really changes. And it, it should it really shouldn't. Doesn't matter the number. It could be it could be ten million. You know, the next next couple of years, and it, it still won't change. I'll still I'll still be wearing t-shirts and, and jeans and stuff. So. Not to say that you can't go out and enjoy, enjoy something sure. you like by if you're into sports cars or if you're into whatever, you know, but obviously just still staying conscious about how much you're spending here and there and whatnot. So, well, I just wanted to celebrate you because I think that's that's pretty cool. You know, we talked about a couple episodes ago how, you know, according to society, you're the guy that's not supposed to make it. You know, you're Hispanic. You come from a, a broken family. You come from X, Y, Z, all these things saying that you're not supposed to make it. And you became a net worth millionaire at 28 years old, yeah. which is pretty phenomenal. So, uh, yeah. And, and so that, yeah, like you say, so, I mean, statistically, I'm not supposed to, uh, to be where I'm at. I mean, I mean, uh, I, you know, when I was young, ha- had a, had a few arrests uh, in my past and, uh, uh, I, I would have been part of the system, part of the system that a lot of Hispanics, uh, fall into when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, doing stuff they shouldn't be doing and just kind of living in that same, same mindset. But, uh, in the last couple of years, I, I think I really, really focused on changing the type of mindset, uh, that I had and, and refusing to accept where my roots are and, and what, what they're tied to, you know, certain type of lifestyle. And, uh, <clears throat> I just rejected that. So. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things you said, and this is, this so describes you is you're, you're so focused and you don't accept normal for you normal is not good enough. And you, you're so hyper-focused that you, you know, you help me focus when I, you know, I, I, I got the shiny diamond syndrome or whatever it's called. You know, I try to do a gazillion things and you really helped me this year focus on really just commercial, like just trying to crush it at commercial. And so the reason why I brought all this up is not only to celebrate, but to encourage people who are listening, uh, that you can do it too. Doesn't matter if you're black, white, brown, orange, green, yellow, you know, I mean, if you if you fall victim yeah. believing that it does, that that's just kind of your life. And if you if you want to live in that in that box, then you can go ahead. But I, I'm, I refuse to. So. Yep, I love it. Cool. Well, the uh, yeah, let's let's get back into uh, what we're going to talk about, and uh, I'll kick it back to you. Okay. So uh, you know, a lot of people uh, are wondering how can I get started in real estate. Uh, you know. A lot of people struggle with what's called the uh, analysis paralysis. Basically, they they get stuck on trying to have all their ducks in a row. They just kind of don't know where to go next. So we're going to talk about that. So first off, I'd like to discuss a couple different loan products that are available to, I mean, essentially anybody that has somewhat of credit, you know, Um, the first one being an FHA loan. So an FHA loan is the Federal Housing Administration. 
Uh, and essentially what it does, it provides uh, mortgage interest insurance on loans made by FHA approved lenders. Um, so this is a great way to to buy a property if you don't have a lot of money. Uh, you know, they last last I checked on the requirements for 2021, they're looking for a, a credit score of at least 580 and 3.5% uh, down. Um, and obviously, if you're uh, the better credit score you have, the better you know interest rates you, you'll probably end up getting. Uh, debt to in income. And also, the uh, the better credit you have, to, if, I'm, if I'm thinking the right thing, you don't have to get mortgage insurance, right? Is that one of the FHA does require mortgage interest? Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and and typically it's not that much, maybe fifty, sixty dollars. It really depends on the amount of the loan. Um, uh, from what I've read, that's income ratio of 43% or less home and the home must be your, uh, primary res primary residence. So it's, it's an owner occupied loan. So you have to live there at least a year before you can do anything with it as far as like renting it out. Um, and obviously have some type of W2 income for the folks that still have a W2 job. I would definitely leverage that as long as you can until you know, you decide, depending on what you decide to do, if you, if you, you know, if you just want a couple of rental properties and continue working your job, then that more power to you. Uh, for those that are actually wanting to, doing, wanting to do uh, real estate full time, then leverage it as, as long as you can until you're able to jump over and start back over again. Um, yeah. But, and this real quick, this, uh, this FHA loan is only for first time home buyers. So if you've already owned the home, you can't use the FHA loan. Um, and you're also not limited to single family homes, meaning the typical house that you see. You can also buy a duplex, triplex or a quad. Yeah. Which is uh, for the for those who may not know, I'm just going to break it down. A duplex is a, is a house that has two units side by side. Triplex is three and a quad is four. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely uh, they're great for yeah one to four units. It, it might be a little more competitive trying to find duplex, triplex, quad, uh, quad using an FHA loan because you're typically, um, you're dealing with investors that are buying those properties, but you can definitely still try. Um, and even if you can also do what's called house hacking where you um, rent a room out, I did that uh, for about a year and a half, pretty much just rented a room out to a friend and they ended up helping me pay half my mortgage. <laughs> um, so love that, it. Yeah, that's kind of what got me into real estate without even realizing it. Um, uh, yeah. And then, and then, yeah. So let's talk about credit real quick. Um, <clears throat> there's an individual, uh, by the name of Dave Ramsey, you might know him. He often talks about, uh, how credit is, uh, I love debt store, uh, debt score, uh, which is just nonsense. I mean, think about it. You have to have a, a debt or I'm sorry, a credit score to rent an apartment, to buy a car, to do whatever, whatever. To and get uh, AT&T, when I set up this Airbnb at Euless, where I'm at right now, they had to check my credit. Yeah. So the reality is, is, you know, you can reject, you can reject the notion of, of not utilizing a credit score, but, you know, and whether you believe the, the system is kind of flawed or not, um, it, it's needed here in America. And I would just strongly encourage those to focus on uh, building that up. Yeah, and and Dave's issue with cre uh, with uh, a credit score is kind of what you were saying. It's how good you can pay debt, and that's really not true. It's 
are you a responsible person? Do you pay the things that you owe on time? And uh, Dave still has bills like we all do. He still has a light bill, uh, an internet bill, um, a water bill. You have to get all, all these things your credit gets checked for. So it's not just how how good are you at paying debt? It's how responsible are you at paying the things that you owe and the responsibilities that you have. It's just basically a how responsible how responsible are you to score if you want to put it that way. And that's not a bad thing. Like I said, it's it's a great tool, especially if you're trying to leverage real estate. I would definitely um, think about trying to build that up. And and you can you can do so by just you know being responsible with credit cards. Um, how long you have accounts open, yep. uh, not missing payments, stuff like that. Yeah, and I get I get asked this question um, kind of frequently. Um, you know, like I want to get into real estate, but my credit isn't great or I don't have any credit. One of the first things that I did to build my credit when I was uh, 19, when I joined the Marine Corps, there was a bank out in uh, Paris Island, South Carolina, that um, you could open up. This is, you know, this is 16 years ago. You could get a is a $250 loan with them, and they did it to where the $250 went into an account that you couldn't touch, and the payments were made from that account. So you essentially paid off your loan in six to 12 months without even doing anything to help you build your credit. Now, that's probably th- – those days are probably long gone as far as that program itself, but one of the things that you can do is t- – Uh, Take out a small credit card. Chase has a card called Chase Freedom. It's very easy to get approved for. You can get like a $500 limit on it. Just put your gas on. This is is what I used to do when when I was trying to build our credit back up because I had some stuff happen back in the day. I would put stuff on a credit card and I would have two separate checking accounts. And if I I spent $40 on gas on the credit card, at the gas pump, I would transfer that money from one checking account to the other checking account to to then pay off that credit card coming into the, the month. So that's an easy way that you can build up your credit score without actually going into debt because you're just paying it off at the end of the month or paying it off right then and there. So and then we'll talk about real quick um, VA loan. If you're a service member, um, rule is four years of active service or six years of reserve. Um, one of the cool benefits of this is uh, nothing down. I've done, I used that twice um, to buy two houses. Uh, you can use your VA loan twice, just depending on the cost of the house. And it has to be, you have to have lived in the first one at least a year. And you have to be uh, in a different county. I think there's a certain mileage distance. You just might want to check that when you're talking to uh, lenders. And but, when he, real quick, when you say twice, you can use it at the same time up to like 450 something thousand dollars. Um, once you pay both of those off, if you buy two houses with a VA loan, you, well, you can can't keep- buy at a time. It's it's one at a time, except once you hit that year that you've lived in the first one, since it's an owner occupied loan, then you can go and purchase the second one. Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Buy one house for 450, and or I think they increased the limit recently, but buy one and blow all your all your cash if you want to, or your your loan, but. For me, I'd, I'd buy two and kind of go at it that way. Yeah. What what I was trying to get at is you can essentially you can use it for the rest of your life. It it never ends. You just have to pay off, or you have to do what you said, live there one year, and then you can't go you can't go over that four hundred fifty thousand or whatever it is limit. Right. Like it, it's not just a one and done thing. You can use the VA loan for as long as you live. 
yeah, you just have to, you can refinance out of whatever houses you have, get your uh, VA loan back, your entitlement, and uh, continue using it. Yeah. So one of the another cool advantage of that one is, like I said, no down payment, no private private uh, mortgage insurance, uh, a little more flexible in the credit underwriting, and then lower interest rates compared to t- typical mortgages. Um, right now in the in the current market, uh, FHA VA loans. Uh, a little bit harder to get in, uh, but that doesn't mean you can't. So, yeah. Uh, and the way good. around that, the way around that is um, the market right now. We're in 2021, December 2021. The market this year has been insane. People putting gazillions of dollars over asking price. But uh, sometimes personal letters win, even if even if someone offer is five to ten thousand dollars over years. If you write a personal letter with a picture of your family or whatever, sometimes those things win. So it's not not doable you just have to put in a little extra effort and one of the things uh, also about the va loan that you haven't touched on yet is if you have disability um if you have a disability rating from the va your va funding fee which they charge it's kind of their way of getting a little extra cash i think it's like one or two percent of the loan the va funding fee gets waived if you have disability from the va you can get into a va loan uh, basically you some sometimes for free because back before 2021, you know, people were getting the seller to pay their closing costs. So you could get you could get into a house for nothing with a VA loan. Uh, we, our first house, actually, we bought in 2016, 2016. Yeah. VA loan, nothing down. Seller paid my closing costs. We got in for I think I think we actually had to bring like eleven hundred bucks, but eleven hundred dollars to get into a house that we then turned around a year and a half later and made like 40 on not bad yeah the um the first house that i ended up making a rental out of um i used the va loan uh put down i brought down 1400 or somewhere around there and i uh, bought it for 175 actually just sold it for like 275 um uh-huh. a couple a couple weeks ago uh, yep. end up doing a 1031 exchange on that one but i'll talk about that on another episode once it's done um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, and then, and then I was, I was netting like 500 or I'm sorry, 500 bucks a month on that one. And I think I only put 10 grand ever into like rehabbing it. So, yeah, that's a crazy ROI. You're making five, $600 a month on your renter for however many years it was there, like what, two, three, and yeah. then around make, I think you netted like 90 something on that, that you're obviously putting into another property, but that's just. I can't do the quick math on the ROI, but I'm sure that's triple digit returns. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely pretty high up there. Um, so, I mean, just goes to say like, you know, quit waiting and just, you know, buy a house. I mean, at the end of the day, some people are waiting with like, Oh, I need to have uh my credit is not like 820 and I need to have like a, <laughs> a super low interest rate. I mean, if it were me, I would just get in even if it's like a half a point higher or whatever, and uh, just just buy the real estate. I mean, yeah, on my website, I have don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. At the end of the day, you're wasting time. If you're waiting an, another year to try to get your credit score higher to save, you know, $40 a month. I mean, just not. Just not 
yeah, or you're waiting for the market to crash or whatever. Like, no, no matter if you're Robert Kiyosaki who thinks that the market's going to crash tomorrow, or if you're some of these doomsdayers on MSNBC, you know, who try to time the market or whatever, like, no one can time it. No one knows what's going to happen. We don't even know if we're going to be here tomorrow. So just do yeah. it. Exactly. And last, we'll just talk about uh, using other people's money to get started. We miss conventional um, loans. Depending on what you're buying it for, like primary residence versus investment property, uh, down payment is going to vary greatly. Well, conventional loans, you can still do three and a half percent down. So uh, when a seller is looking at offers and if they have an FHA, VA or a conventional loan offer in front of them, nine times out of 10, they're going to go with conventional. So if you do have good credit right now and you have uh, really actually conventional just comes down to your credit. Um, and if you want to use that loan, um, but conventional, you can still do three and a half percent down. It is more um, preferred by sellers because VA has a lot of stipulations with uh, uh, VA required repairs and the FHA has their red tape you got to jump through. So conventional is kind of just a, the easy path to home buying. Um, so if you do have good credit and you want to get into a, a house um, and you're and you don't really need to use FHA or VA, then conventional is definitely the way to go to in this current market where you need to be competitive. Yeah. Right. Other people's money. This is my favorite topic. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, pretty much how we've done mostly everything, uh, mostly on the on the down payment portion. You can uh, go ahead and talk about that if you like. Sure. I'd love to. Um, so I got on other people's money, that term OPM. Um, because of Brandon Turner from Bigger Pockets, his book called The Book on Investing in Real Estate with No or Low Money Down. Um, outside of reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, this book completely changed my perspective on uh, investing in real estate and believing that I could actually do it. So the whole purpose of his book, the really short summary, is essentially you're just using other people's money. Um, meaning, let's just say you're you're going to buy a house and uh, and for sake of Keeping it simple, I won't talk about hard money loans. Let's just say for sake of just buying a house, um, you need three and a half percent down. Let's just say the house is only, you know, $100,000 for easy math. So you need you need $3,500. Well, uh, Aunt Sally's got $3,500 that she's had sitting in her savings account. So if you don't have $3,500, she could gift you those funds to use uh, for that down payment. There, there is some regulations to so look into those things. I'm not a lawyer. This is not financial advice. Um, but essentially she could give you that $3,500 to use for the down payment. And then you either pay her back when you refinance or sell the house, or you just pay her a monthly payment, kind of like you're paying a loan. Um, one of the things that I did, or that we've done pretty much every property, I was selling someone this the other day. I've been doing this for February will be five years. And, um, for purchasing a property, I think I've only had to use my money, uh, Two times, one of them is because I wanted to. I didn't want to pay an investor. The other time was actually for the storage facility, and I didn't even really use my own money then. I used an SBA EIDL loan, which is the Environmental Disaster Relief Loan, whatever it's called. Um, but for all the other properties that you and I have both purchased, we just use other people's money. So our bank that we use to fund these deals, um, they'll fund a certain percentage of it. Um Again, I won't get into the complicated math of it, but they usually require 10% down. So instead of us bringing our own money 
and straining our bank accounts, we just hit up other people and get them to pay, you know, get them to loan us the 10% essentially. And people are like, well, I don't, I don't know anyone with money. I get this all the time. I don't know anyone with money or how am I going to find someone that's got $20,000, $30,000? And this is literally how simple it is. And when I tell people this, I, I'm serious. Their mouth drops. I say, I just post on Facebook. And they're like, huh? Yeah. And this, this is literally what I did my first or second. Well, the first time my situation was a little anomaly with my hard money lender. So let's just go back to the second and third and on. I just post on Facebook. I'm like, hey, we're buying this house in such such town. Bank is going to lend this much. I need 10%, which is, you know, let's just say $25,000. And I'll pay you X return in a matter of, you know, three to six months. Or sometimes I'll say I'll, I'll guarantee at least six months of interest because typically I can flip a house in less than three months. Mm-hmm. And that's as simple as it is. I just post on Facebook and I get messages. One of my my old Marine Corps bosses, he's uh, he's lent me money twice. Uh, the house I'm sitting in right now in Eulis, he's got he's got money in this house that I'll pay him off when I refinance. Um, an old family friend of ours from 10 or 11 years ago, she's lent on like four or five of them. Um, our second and third house, some investors who I barely knew from a uh, an overpriced training thing that we paid for uh, lent us money. So the money's out there. You know, uh, people. When we when they want to talk to me about getting investing or getting started investing in real estate, like like I don't have money or I don't have blah blah blah. I'm like the money is the easiest thing to find. Mm-hmm. The hardest part for me is finding a good deal. The money is easy. The money yeah. just comes. You just post on Facebook and you literally get money. Yeah, yeah, that's how I found uh, uh, one of the investors that would did majority of my deals is just uh, posting on Facebook and uh, just pretty much stated it. As far as if you're interested, you know, this is what I do for, you know, a living or whatever. Uh, if you're interested in uh, future returns on future projects, just uh, private message me. And when I have an opportunity or, you know, you can post about the deal um, and just try to, depending on the wording, you, you depending on the size of the deal, uh, if you're dealing with apartment complexes, there's uh, rules by the SEC. Um, so just look into that but other than that yeah definitely can have private investors um some people are going to argue against that just because they they want you to syndicate with them so you know just just look into it definitely a, a awesome way to get started yeah and if you um maybe you don't have time to read brandon's whole book i'm sure there's a summary out there the past couple of kindle um Kindle or oh, Audible books I've downloaded have actually been summaries of the book because I don't want to spend three to four hours reading a book when I can just get someone's summary of it. So I'm sure there's a summary of his book. I kind of just gave it to you in like 30 seconds. But if you're if you're still wondering, if you still don't believe me that you can use other people's money, go read Brandon's book, the book on investing in real estate with no or low money down, and it will change your life. I mean it, and I I mean that realistically, like. Using other people's money has drastically changed mine and my family's life because of what we've been able to do and accomplish um, by other people helping us fund these deals just to get a return on their money. You know, the, one of the, the gals I was talking about who helped us initially, she she inherited $100,000 from uh, a relative that passed away. And she's like, I just have it sitting here. It's not doing anything. You know, savings accounts are like 0.01% interest or whatever. So she's making like, you know. 
10 cents on her money monthly or something stupid. So she lends me 25 grand and I pay her back, you know, let's just say 2,500 on her 25,000. She's not going to make that in a year or more with that hundred thousand sitting there. And I can pay her back that in like three months. Yeah. Believe me and Christian, when we say the money's out there, that's the easiest thing to find. Um, if you're new and people might wonder like, well, I don't, you know, or you might be saying like, I'm new, who's going to trust me with $25,000 of their money. And that's a very valid question. I would just, um, partner with another investor who you trust. Uh, now that's, that's a whole nother topic, but find an investor who you trust that you can maybe, uh, JV with joint venture with to flip a house, like kind of what Christian did really with me. Uh, we just went on a deal together and, you know, we both took our split, um, that way you start building your credibility. You start building your track record, not only for the bank, because you, you eventually want a bank to start funding your deals and not hard money lenders. But partner with people who are doing it, who are doing what you want to do. And um, that will help build your credibility when you start asking people on Facebook for $30,000. Honestly, like posting what you do is is a big key to it. So, you know, they're going to see that you're doing it often. You know what you're talking about. You're knowledgeable. Um I personally like to read all the books, but that's because the whole book, because I like to get every bit of information. Sometimes I'll read the book uh, twice even to get further information um, that I missed the first time. Um, but uh, I mean, the more knowledgeable you are and posting about it, people are going to, you know, take you as a professional in the industry and um, they're going to be more willing to uh, give you give you funds and uh, even if you know you start building up a track record you've done like you know your first deal compared to your 10th deal person giving you money for the first time ever is going to be a little more weary uh but you, if you've done 10 deals they're going to be uh like not even ask or bad eye they're just gonna be like here you go i don't even yeah. see yeah. deal <laughs> yeah my my guy who's on this one right now you know my old marine corps boss i was talking about you know, back in the day when I first started doing this, I would have to send like investor packets to these people so they could see it on paper, you know, hypothetical paper on a computer, what their returns were going to be, the property address, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm like, hey, I got this deal coming up. Um, I need 25 grand. Are you in? And he's like, yep. And then a couple of days before closing, he'll wire me the money. That's it. I mean, like, I don't even remember on this last one if we even signed a promissory note. I probably did just because he, he might still want that. But it's like you're saying. Now I just like, hey, I need this much. Are you in? And they're like, yep. <laughs> but that's because I've done 20 something, 30 something, however many it is deals that, you know, I've built like you, like you, you and I both said, I've built my track record up. So people already know that I can be trusted uh, and that I'm doing uh, what I say I'm going to do. And one of the things I just thought about, the, the one of the most important things I can stress right here when you're talking about other people's money. Be mindful that you may be using someone's life savings. So if you have a deal that goes south like I did on our second and third house, uh, I sacrificed any profits that I was going to make at the expense of making sure that I paid back the people who paid me money. So my second and third house, because of some stuff that happened that I've talked about, you know, uh, on this on this podcast a gazillion times, um, I made sure I paid back the people who gave me money what we agreed to, even when I had to pay them interest that I promised at the expense of me 
still going in the negative, I made sure that I paid them back and I kept my word and I had integrity. And one of those investors I'm still friends with, he talks to me all, he's, he's pretty open now about his financial situation and uh, he, he's very well off. And um, I don't think I would have that relationship with him if, if I had screwed him over and not paid him back. Yeah. And I mean, and this, this whole industry is built off relationships. You know, at some point you're, you, you can't just continue doing things on your own. It really depends on your relationship. I mean, everything uh, I've accomplished thus far is dependent on a relationship, a relationship with president of the bank, uh, different lenders, different investors, bringing money to the deal, different partners, and they're all needed uh, to really thrive in this industry. Um, yep. You know, your bank is, is one of your partners. I mean, I was thinking about it the other day, like if it wasn't for banks telling me, you know, giving me a shot, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Yeah. Um, or investors giving me a chance or, you know, whoever uh, definitely wouldn't be wouldn't be here. So just keep that in mind. Um, focus on cultivating relationships and even with potential sellers. I mean, you know, instead of trying to uh, kind of get out, you know, ah, I'm going to make 30 grand or whatever on this. Uh, that's all I'm looking for is to make money. Uh, no, I mean, you know, really try to find a solution for the seller and focus on that and then you know, if it happens to be a deal for you as well, then then uh, that's that's great. But definitely focus on uh, being a solution pr uh, provider for people and it'll return to you. Yep. And perfect example. I bought a house in uh, Haltom City from this lady who inherited some properties from her dad who passed away and uh, she needed a solution fast. She needed a quick sale. And uh, I made sure not to not to just see her as a deal. You know, I saw her, I met her in person. I saw her as the, as the person she was in the situation that she was, her dad just passed away. She just needed help out of this house. So I sold her that house. And then I think like maybe a month later, she's like, Hey, I got this house right across the street that my dad owns too. That's got renters in it. It was a house that had two properties on it. She's like, I want to sell it too. Do you want to buy it? So I got dibs on that property out of gazillions of investors that are in DFW because of the relationship I had built with her and helping her find a solution for the first house. And that house ended up helping us make quite a bit of money, not going to lie, you know, and all because I took care of her on that first one. And if I wouldn't have, if I would have just, you know, kind of just brushed her off and like, oh, this is, you know, just making a deal, see you later, I wouldn't have gotten that other house. She would have, she would have reached out to another investor and sold it to somebody else. I know we got a little off topic. Sometimes we do that. But uh, uh, the point of this episode is just to encourage you for 2022, you know, if you've been wanting to get in real estate, these are what Christian said with doing the FHA loan or VA loan or even a conventional loan. This is kind of the easiest way to get in real estate, especially if you're OK with house hacking, meaning you know, like Christian did, he uh, he rented out a room to his neighbor or his friend. Sorry. Uh, so his friend basically helped him pay half or more of his mortgage. And then when he got married, his friend moved out. Uh, it's, that's just an easy way really to get into it. Yeah, you got to live there for a year. OK, so buy the house, rent out some rooms to some friends if you're single, house hack it uh, and then turn that into a rental. And that that mortgage you have on your um on your credit essentially gets wiped away when you when you lease it out so you're now making income and it's not that debt is still there but it's not technically there because you're making income on it 
So then go buy yes. another house. Yeah, exactly. They add that onto um, your your kind of your debt to income ratio. So for example, they take the gross amount, the yearly amount, and I believe they take 75% of that added to the uh, your income. So that just boosts you up a little more for depending if you're like if you're looking for a house, um, it could add like you know 30 or 40 grand to the to the amount of house you can buy you know, or give you better, you know, better terms just so it just, it honestly helps having the first rental. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yep. And so, uh, this episode is just to give you some, you know, quick advice on, on really how to get at it in 2022. Use one of those long programs that we're talking about, use other people's money, be responsible with other people's money. Cause sometimes that that's all that money that people have just determine in your head that 2022 is going to be your year that you're going to finally do it. You're going to get into it. If I can, Christian, I want to read some stuff, just a couple quotes to hope, hopefully, you know, we're, we're quote guys. So uh, some stuff to hopefully motivate you. And then some of the stuff uh, that I'm going to read, I, I kind of stole from an article. I'll let you know where it is when I stole it, when I steal it. Uh, so let me let me just start off by reading a quote and we, we can end with this. Just let me let me in this episode. Uh, and Christian, unless you have anything else, chime in after I'm done. Uh Hopefully this will motivate you because a lot of all these quotes are from Ed Milet, who is just, you know, I talk about him all the time. He's just a phenomenal dude. So he says the instant you accept responsibility for everything in your life is the moment you acquire the power to change it. Then he goes on to say where you are now in life is the sum of the, the decisions you've made. So in 2020, in 2022, sorry, let's start fresh. The dreams that you've been putting off, the thing that you've been wanting to do, the place you've been wanting to see. That person you've been wanting to pursue, it's now or never. We are not promised tomorrow. And this is stuff that I, I kind of scripted, but I wanted to make sure I said what, what I meant to say. Um, so I've been to three memorials in the last three years. One of them was yesterday. Uh, Marcus Lamb from Daystar passed away, and we went to his memorial uh, yesterday at Gateway. And uh, each one of these has overwhelmed me with incredible emotion because you're literally you're staring in the face of death. Whoever it is that you're you're there, you know, honoring you know they passed away unfortunately you know marcus lamb was only 64 that's young that's i think that's so young you know and and he um you know we're all not promised tomorrow so at these memorials you know when i'm this is just me being introspective you know i'm i feel like i'm staring in the face of death i'm i'm forced to become introspective and look at uh, myself and see how i can change how i can use this time on earth in the best possible way and uh, each time I'm left thinking, man, I've got so much to change or I need to do this, you know, like listening to Marcus Lamb or listening to people talk about him yesterday and the father that he was and the husband that he was and the person that he was. I was so motivated to be to be more kind, to be more joyful, to not be negative, to uh, encourage my wife, my kids um, to be a better friend. Like, I mean, I could I could talk about that for literally hours i feel like of, of the impact that it had on me don't let fear keep you keep you from accomplishing what you were created to accomplish this is your time and this is your year we're not promised tomorrow so what do you have to lose another quote from ed and i'm i'm almost done life is too short to spend it at war with yourself uh you know the war being maybe fear you know like what if i what if i fail um What's his name? Oh, shoot. What's that actor? That, oh, Denzel. Denzel has he's so Denzel Washington is, is so motivating. He has that one video that you and I've shared a couple times. 
you know, if you fail seven times, get up eight. Success starts with believing that you are worthy of having what you want. But if you don't fundamentally like yourself, you'll waste precious time and energy stuck in negative thought patterns. Find mentors and role models who will support you, yet also tell you the truth. Identify your superpowers and use them to the fullest. Focus your efforts on living your values and watch your self-confidence and self-esteem grow. And the last thing, I swear I'm done. The thing that's going to kill your dream is the obsession about what other people are going to think about you. So if you're looking at 2022 and you're like, you know, again, back to fear, if you're thinking, what if I fail? What are people going to think? Who cares? We're literally not promised tomorrow. So who gives a crap what people are going to think if you fail? Again, like Denzel says, if you fail seven times, get up eight. Just keep going. Very nice. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if you're not willing to learn, uh, no one's going to really help you. But if you're determined to learn, no one can stop you. So with all our educational pieces that we've provided to you, uh, take that, um, you know, for what it is and 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 keep going. So we thank you for joining us, joining us on our podcast. Vince. Yep. Thank you, guys. Um, hopefully this Hopefully this gets you going, gets you fired up for 2022. I know I'm excited. You know, when, when a when a year changes it in our minds, it's this fresh start and helps us to kind of recalibrate. And so uh, as much as this year has been has been great, it's been challenging. I'm ready for the new year to uh, to get going and crush this uh, goal. I have of becoming a net worth millionaire by the time I thir- turn 35. I already turned 35. So technically I only have like 10 months left. So I'm going to get at it. We hope you do too, and uh, we hope you took something from this. And we will see you on the next one, hopefully not in a few months. Yeah, see you next one. This episode of the Middle Class to Millionaires podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more tips and strategies on entrepreneurship, life, and business to help you create the life you've always dreamed of. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content on planet Earth.